the Ring with Mia St. John and Dr. Rifkin. Nice to be here with you, Mia. Nice to have you here. Thank you. What are we going to talk about today? So it's really sad, but I'm really, I'm really proud and happy. Young and the Restless did a whole tribute all week um, for Christoph. Yes, I was watching. You were? Yeah, I was watching. Yeah, it's uh, quite a nice tribute, quite a career, quite a lot of love being shared. And it was of- amazing because he was on that show for nearly 30 years. And um, there were so many amazing supporters, like the fans have just been amazing. Young and the Restless has been amazing. The cast, it, the whole cast was just so wonderful to him and I was so proud and I have to admit like I couldn't really watch a lot of it because it's just hard really hard to believe that he's gone um so I watched a few minutes today and then I had to turn it off and um um but I've kept in touch with um you know some of the cast members and well you know it's just it's been like so painful the last you know, over the last four years, because first, um, you know, you were with me when I lost Julian, our son, and went through that trauma. And then um, losing Kristoff, you were with me then, too, when I got the phone call. Yeah, the same day. So it's really hard to believe. It's hard, unimaginable, really. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah, it's it, it's crazy. They were both on a Sunday, right? Yeah. Both on a Sunday. Christoph was Super Bowl Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were talking to him on the phone. I had him on speaker. Right. And you were sitting there with me and he was crying and he was inconsolable, um, crying about Julian. And I got so worried when he started saying that, you know, Julian, he said, I'll call you back. Julian's here. And... I just started panicking and I called his best friend and said, you have to go over there right now. Yeah. Break open the door. I don't care what you have to do. And so right. he went over there, um, got Alana, his uh, second wife. And because uh, we were too far away, remember? Yeah, it was quite a distance away. Yeah, and, yeah. And so Alana and, was right next door. And so right. by the time they got the door open, um, that's when they found him face down and I know uh, we just got like a second report from the doctor. They said he had a heart disease, but that his heart was damaged due to the alcohol abuse. Mm -hmm. And that is just, it's it's such a hard pill to swallow because we met in AA back in 1980, oh my gosh, 87. Mm-hmm. You know, and I stayed sober for 30 years, and he just always had such a hard time staying sober, um, which just took a toll on, like, our entire family. I think that's what people don't realize is that addiction is a family disease because it takes a toll on everyone involved, even you, you know. being Peripherally seeing, seeing someone that you really care and love, care about and love to suffer and uh, at times feel helpless. Uh, to help somebody through a situation like that, it's yeah. Peripherally, it's just very frustrating, and you feel peripherally helpless as you do. Right. So you basically, because 
for those of you that don't know, and a lot of you do know, um, Larry or Dr. Rifkin had to 5150 me, I think twice. And so you were on, you were in my position for so long. You know, that was me with Kristoff because I stayed sober. He couldn't stay sober. And so you know, after Kristoff died and, and you had to hospitalize me, how helpless you feel in that position. Oh, for sure. I was, uh, well, I don't know. I didn't even know what a 5150 was. I, I called because I was concerned about your well-being and your health. And um, I wanted you to not have any medical issues because of the grieving and the and the, the state of mind that you were in. I just wanted you to get some help, some proper medical health uh, care. And uh, so so I did what I thought I needed to do because I, right. your, your health and your your life is more important to me than any other uh, circumstance around that. Right. And I was really upset. It, and it just reminds me of like Britney Spears being, you know, recently hospitalized for right. her mental health. And, right. you know, she's... Um, saying get me out of here i'm here against my will on twitter Mm -hmm. and i just remember like that was me i was doing the same thing like sneaking my phone and tweeting out you know i'm i'm here against my will you Mm -hmm. know someone help me and and that people don't understand like that's the state of mind that you're in when you're basically not in touch with reality you're out of your mind but when you come to your senses like now i can look back and say because at first I was mad, but now I can look back and say, yeah, I was really out of touch and I really needed help. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, but at at the time, like all you can think of is how mad you are and how you just want to get out of there. But then, you know, you start to, and I think that's what Britney Spears did too. Like I think she kind of like now she's, you know, done a 180 and she's like, okay, like, you know, don't blame my parents. Well, and I so, think you would have done the same thing. I mean, you you were not, I've never known you or anybody to be in kind of that state of mind where you're not making the best decisions. As a matter of fact, you're making very poor decisions. You're yeah. somewhat in denial because of the grief and the compensation with some medication or alcohol or anything just to make yourself feel better, kind of numb the pain. Right. Uh, it also numbs your judgment. And that's when people around you who love you have to take over and sometimes do make the hard decision, which is heartbreaking in itself, to get you the help that you need, even though you may be resistant or in denial. So right. I would have done it again, and I'm sure you would have done it for me had I been in that state of mind, and I would have understood it later, perhaps, maybe not at the time that I'm uh, in grief or medicated or whatever. Right. Right? Oh, yeah, of course. And And I think another thing to know is that you know, remember, I had 30 years of sobriety. And so, you know, I went off the wagon then. And, or it was a little before that, but I went full force after Christoph died. And because it was too painful to think of, now I've I've lost my son, Mm -hmm. and now his father too. And me and Christoph were, and you know, we were like best friends. I mean, we you know, we loved each other like brother and sister, sure. that hate-love relationship, but we talked every single day. Mm-hmm. And so it was really too much to bear. And all I kept thinking was, I just want to stay d- drunk 
out of my mind 24-7. I never want to think of this again because it was just too much. And that forced you to say, I guess I can no longer enable her. You know, I wanted you only the best for you. And uh, sometimes I have to make, or we all have to make the hard decision to push somebody, nudge somebody, motivate somebody to get help. And I know I'm not the professional to help in this situation. And I know you're incredibly strong and you've overcome it in the past. And it seems like you're, you're overcoming it really well now. Uh-huh. You've been always incredibly healthy as I always, when I observed and met with Christoph, he always seemed very healthy too. You really cared about your bodies, but the mental state that grieving and, and loss such as you've experienced can push you over that edge and uh, you don't do the right thing for your body. And you know, the body and the mind are connected. I needed to see you get better. I didn't right. want to enable you. I didn't want to just be an observer. I needed to do something, whether it's the right or wrong action. I, I think it's the right action. I see you as the person that I've, I've always known before this. Uh, it doesn't mean that it's over. Maybe it's a lifelong um, consideration of treatment and care and, you know, uh, you need the support. You're an incredibly strong person, one of the most strong people I've ever known. And um, I think you focusing on yourself, you have to love yourself as much as you love other people. Right. And I think that, um, you know, that's, I think that's pretty much what I have to do. And, you know, it's very difficult. It's very difficult, first of all, to, to leave someone in that state. Um, it's a tough position to be in, I know, because I was I was married to Kristoff, you know, and I I had to come to a point where I just could not or I felt like I couldn't enable him any anymore. And mm-hmm. with my son too. And you never know if that person is gonna survive, you know, and like our son didn't. You know, we put him mm-hmm. in a mental health facility to get him off um, drugs. And yes, the, the facility was neglectful. And he ended up taking his life in the facility. And so you wonder, like, well, did you make the right decision? You know, um, and I guess I'll, I'll never really know, except knowing that the universe has a reason for everything. You know, and there was a reason um, for my son's passing. And I know that I'll continue to fight so hard to reform these facilities. You know, especially now that I have firsthand of being in one myself, I know what needs to be done. And, and we can do it. And, you know, we're working with LA County Department of Mental Health now to make that change and to make things better. And when Christoph was in, he was in Los Encinas, which also has a, a long history of violations and deaths. And that has to change. But, you know, I, I, I don't know. Um, there's no answers to how to save someone from addiction or bipolar, schizophrenia, you know, mental illness. And Christoph had bipolar and our son had schizophrenia. And um, he was very depressed. You know, he put on this this image of he was happy and everything was great. And it was just a 
um, it was just a mask that he wore. And kind of like me, which people see my mask, you know, I'm doing great, I'm fine. But you, of course, saw the real me, you know, the sadness, the grief. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think that sometimes like we have to do what we don't want to do in order to help that person. And I just look at it as like, that's what you had to do and everything is meant to be, um, you know, there right before Christoph passed, there was like, you know, like a month that I, I felt like I have to let go a little bit, you know, not always be there when he called Mm-hmm. And but then I kind of questioned that too because then I lost him as well as my son because I I think like yeah we were so far away that day but what if I had canceled my appearance and got in the car one more time to drive out there once again would that have saved him? I don't think any of us can predict things like that. I think you you made the right decision for your son Julian. I think you did as much as anybody could do for for Kristoff. Um, we can always Monday morning quarterback what we could have done. Could we have changed destiny? Could have if I had done something different? If I had gone with my own personal father when I was nine years old in a car when he asked me to go with him and I said no that day, and then he got killed in an automobile accident. If I had gone with him, would he have survived, or would we both been dead? Uh, who knows? Who can who can second guess the action? You cannot predict the future, right? And you can only do the best you can. At the, I don't right. think we can blame ourselves. Like we may not ever know why these things happen, and we always wish that we could prevent things, tragedies from happening. But we don't have that kind of control. We can only control moment to moment, and I think we can control sort of the understanding and the compassion for each other to uh, say that there there should be no blame. There should be no blame. You're you're really good person a kind person and of course you wouldn't have wanted these things to happen to anybody nor would I Um, but I think um, reflecting on that giving it some time uh, the pain will be put in perspective and the blame will will go away and we all are here on a temporary journey uh, in this life moving on to the next life perhaps but um, I think we just do the best we can and, and stop judging ourselves. Be kind as you would to someone else. Be kind to yourself. Right. And I think that's so important is to be kind to ourselves because, you know, I can say, well, gosh, I should have done this. Um, I should have done that. And I should have taken my son, our son out of the facility, which I did many times. And many times he went back to using and, um, because of his illness, you know, he had schizophrenia. It was very difficult to, to, um, a very painful illness to live with. And, you know, Christoph, the same thing in and out of facilities. And there were many times when I would just drop everything to go there to take care of him. And so while I think it's important to appreciate everybody in your life and, and appreciate your own life, it's hard to um, live every second of your life dependent upon whether that person lives or dies, right? Like, like let's say um, 
you know, how you have a loved one that is ill. And if that person calls the office every single minute or every single hour, you know what I mean? And you drop everything and continually go. And then, okay, they're fine. And so then you go back to work. Like, mm-hmm. how how long, how many days can you do that? Mm-hmm. Right? Dropping everything. And, okay, I'm there. After a while, you just kind of go, okay, I I have to take care of myself for a moment. Mm-hmm. But then what if that one moment that you took care of yourself, they're gone? And then you could just spend the rest of your life blaming yourself for that one moment that you took for yourself. And I think that that's what we shouldn't do. We should focus on doing the best that we can, appreciating everybody as much as we can, but know that some things are out of our hands. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's what I struggle with. And, you know, I, it's very, um, it's difficult to realize that I'll spend the rest of my life without Christoph and without Julian. But I have to remember every day that I, I still have Paris, my That's daughter. Right. That's right. And and I have to live every day appreciating that and remembering that, you know, not forgetting my boys, mm-hmm. but remembering that we have a surviving daughter that I have to give my um, gratitude for and, mm-hmm. and my love right. and right. Um, and for everything that I had in my life, you know, that, that the universe has blessed me with so much, you know, an amazing career, the career that I've always wanted, a beautiful, um, amazing husband that I was enamored with long before I met him. You know, I used to watch him on TV for mm. years before mm. I met him and finally got to meet him and not just meet him, but marry him and, and have his two children with him. And I, and I have to be grateful and blessed for the years that the 25 years that I had with our beautiful son that I wouldn't replace for anything in the world and our daughter. And even us, you know, the six years that um, the universe gave me with you is, I'm so grateful for it. I, I had such an amazing, have such an amazing life and so much to look forward to. We do. We do. It's, uh, we lose all of our friends and family in time. And that's the hardest thing to lose. And especially for people like, you and myself who think by sheer will and discipline and hard work we can control things which which can to some degree in our profession our careers and we seem to be able to make things happen by the sheer will of it but some things that we cannot control seem contrary to our personality and we question why and i should have done something and i could have been better and what did i not do all those things are just add to the the tragedy or the loss which is actually part of life. It's it's mm-hmm. natural, as painful as it can be to lose somebody physically. I think you put your finger on it when we said you have to be grateful for the blessings that you have received. I know I've 
in my life uh, gone to unfortunately many funerals and sometimes the message is not the tragedy of the loss but it's the the celebration of the life that we were able to experience and share being given the good people the grandparents the uncles and the aunts the parents even the children which uh which is probably the very hardest thing to lose so it's so unnatural right but you had a beautiful son and he's still with you in spirit and he gave you so many good feelings and blessings and a great purpose in your life that some of us including me have never experienced having children haven't had that blessing and it's uh it's mixed but it's something that was a gift to you and it's all life is temporary anyway you know Mm -hmm. no matter how short or long our lives may be but i'm i'm so pleased to see you realizing these lessons in life as we all do over time in the midst of multiple tragedies and losses that you've had um i'm very proud of you i know it's not easy I think everybody should uh, reflect upon these things when they happen, whether it's directly in your own life or peripheral to you, even adjacent to you with your friends, that we can learn from each other and support each other and know that it's, it's okay. And just to love each other and love yourself, starting with that point, is so important because it doesn't mean you're selfish. It just means that you're filling your, your spiritual gas tank up with the energy to be look at life as more appreciative. The glass is half full rather than, you know, half empty. I don't mean to be corny about it, but those, those sayings right. really have some, I mean, pr- some foundation and meaning. Yeah. And telling the universe as well as your loved ones, like how grateful you are and focusing on instead of what you no longer have, what you, what you do have. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, A side note is I I am so grateful that um that now there has been like so much media attention on addiction mm-hmm. and mental illness. Yes. Which is what we needed. Yeah, we should um, do. I'm sad that it's my child and my ex husband that are now examples, but it just shows you that we have to start treating addiction as a mental health issue. They have to go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, because like I said, Christoph was bipolar. Julian, our son, was had schizophrenia. And oftentimes they are self-medicating. And there is help um, out there. Um, there's a lot of organizations uh, for, you, for you guys out there listening. Um, NAMI.org is a huge one. And one of the organizations actually saved me. Um, and it, it, NAMI stands for National Alliance in Mental Illness. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, and there's, I'm sure there's like, there's a chapter in pretty much every state. Um, and you guys can look it up online. Um, there's also the suicide hotline. If everyone is ever feeling suicidal, um, tell someone, mm-hmm. you know, I know I've told uh, people many times when I felt like that. And, um, and there's also, um, Alcoholics Anonymous, mm-hmm. you know, and I have to say like, that's, that is not to break my own anonymity, but that is how I stayed sober for 30 years of my mm-hmm. life was just going to meetings and meetings, meeting after meeting. Um, 
but sometimes you need more than that. Mm-hmm. So I also suggest, you know, um, therapy and seeking uh, help from a doctor, mm-hmm. maybe an addiction specialist, um, which is what I just did recently. And um, uh, this doctor actually changed my medication. And so we're working on that. So it's it's a slow it's a slow process. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that as long as like we never give up, right? And we always remember that that there is hope, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a part of Christoph that um, ah, this is so like there's a part of him that um, that kind of lost hope in the end and. I had so much hope for him and he had lost that hope and that just breaks my heart. Mm -hmm. But what I think would, what would be even worse is if I, if I gave up too and, and if I didn't continue what we were fighting for, Mm -hmm. I think that would be a real shame. And as long as like I continue fighting for our son and, and for him as well, um, none of this was in vain. You know, it, it served a, a greater purpose yes. for the greater good of all. And so that's what I, I just, I want people to know that I'm going to continue fighting. And I love all of the emails of support that I've been getting and um, all the social media, everybody has just been so kind. Um, Mm. And I love that support. Um, And something really great that just happened recently was I just, I got booked on uh, the Today Show. I was just going to ask you about that. Yeah, Yeah. that's great. Yeah, coming up May uh, 22nd. So Mm -hmm. I'm really excited about that. And we're going to be talking about mental illness. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, so great. Yeah. And part of what, like what my son went through. So I think it's, you know, it's just timely. It's time that, you know, we start talking about it. And Mm -hmm. I, I just read, and I know I told you that, um, who was it? Oprah and Prince Henry, Harry. Right. Are doing a show. Yeah. I think coming to the forefront. I mean, you've, you've also done just recently the Dr. Oz show. You had an interview with Dr. Drew Pinsky. And I think that the stigma, the potential shame that people might feel by not wanting to admit they either have a problem, a disease, which is biochemical as much as it's, you may think it's psychological or mental, uh, that has to be eliminated. And I've learned a lot from military personnel as you probably mm-hmm. recall, a couple of years ago, I did that 22 right. push-up challenge because yeah. 22 veterans. Yeah, post-traumatic stress syndrome. Yeah, the 22 yeah. a day are committing it's suicide. Real. And it's probably, and I don't have the statistics on this, but men in general try to, are in denial. They think they're strong enough to fight it and not need help. And they don't want to admit right. that they have a weakness or something that's wrong with them. And they never tell anybody. You yes. said, if you know something, if you see something in someone, tell someone, help them. And the same thing for yourself. And it was recommended for men who have a, a problem, addiction, a depression, mm-hmm. whatever. 
they, they seldom seek out specialty care. They don't say, hey, you know what? I think I've got an addiction problem. Let me go see an addiction specialist. They Probably the best place for them to feel comfortable, and it's also as a primary care physician, not me, but those that are primary care mm-hmm. physicians should be questioning not just, you know, what are your red blood cell count, but also how are you feeling? How's life? Get a little oh, bit more yeah. into them. Give it, open up a, a door for them to feel comfortable. And by you doing all this uh, public awareness and, and uh, on TV shows, etc. You're very strong in this. You eliminate the stigma that people are, are, right. are that it's okay to come out of your shell and come out of your depression and at least tell somebody to seek help. And I think what right. you're doing is magnificent. And I'm sure that if you could talk to Christoph and Julian today, they would want you to continue this fight. It's never in vain. They don't want you to be in a life filled with depression yourself. They want you to recover, be strong, and see the, the beauty that, that they shared with you and you shared with them and help other people to not live that life of pain. Right. Oh, yeah. I know that they're looking down. They want me to be happy. Yeah. So and I, I'm, I'm going to make them proud. I know you are. You already have, but just continue it. Just continue. We're all proud of you. We, and we need leaders you. like you that are vocal, that are respected, that can by just your actions yourself you're not ashamed you you are a very strong productive amazing human being with so many accomplishments but you still are human right and you still and as am i and everyone else and there are moments in our lives which we need help right and, we need and i each think other. it's important for everybody to not just have love for your neighbor but you know everybody and and yourself more importantly because if you don't love yourself then you can't possibly love anyone else yeah um but i want to thank everybody for listening and for everybody that um that got in contact with me mm-hmm. over the past week for the tribute for christoph on YNR. Mm-hmm. um i know that he he's looking down and he's just so proud i don't think he would could have ever imagined like the attention that he drew and um i'm proud of him and and i want to thank all the fans and um you can reach out to me at miasaintjohn.com miasaintjohnfoundation.org to see all that we're doing now all the programs that we have and thank you dr rifkin you can find him um, at drrifkin.com that's Dr. Okay. Dr. Lawrence Rifkin. Dr. Lawrence. But that's Rifkin. okay. This is this isn't about me. I'm I'm so proud of you, and I want everybody to really pay attention to the Today Show and every other show that you, Mia, and others are doing to bring awareness to the need for help and improvement of our care of our people and our citizens that are mentally ill or have a, a situation of depression or addiction. Yeah. And please, Mia, you're amazing. Keep leading everybody. Keep explaining to everybody keep being uh, an inspiration thank you thank you love you all